first went through Russia, 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 it was all bullshit. But was it all bullshit? Because I don't know. That was from 2020. And well, this is from this week. Check this out. Andrew Smirnoff appeared yesterday in a Las Vegas federal court to face charges over allegedly lying to the FBI, particularly about claiming that Joe Biden accepted bribes to benefit Hunter's businesses. Now, it's a claim that's central to the impeachment probe and one often repeated by Republicans. But the bombshell came when David Weiss, that same special counsel who has charged Hunter Biden, alleged that Smirnoff lied and that he admitted to working with Russian intelligence officials involved in passing on a story about Hunter Biden. Now, prosecutors allege the contacts were, quote, extensive and extremely recent, and that he's, quote, actively peddling new lies that could impact the U.S. elections. Yeah, I mean, the whole damn thing blew up this week. I mean, the whole thing, the basis, the entire Hunter Biden and the president informant, Burisma giving him freaking, you know, loans or, or, or bribes and it was all lies fed by the Russians. And the Burisma CEO said that, said it. But now the one guy they held their, all their hopes on, everything they hung their hopes on, has said it was bullshit. The FBI, David Weiss, the guy they appointed to be the special prosecutor because they demanded it, a Republican appointee from Delaware, has indicted the guy. He's a freaking Russian agent, for God's sake. So what did Congress do? Well, what would you do if you were the Speaker of the House? Would you end the investigation? Would you launch an investigation into how this became a thing? No, no, not Mike Johnson. You take a fucking vacation and go visit this guy. Yeah, there he is at Mar-a-Lago. And, you know, the punchline of that picture is, remember what happened to the last freaking guy, the Speaker of the House, when he went down to Mar-a-Lago and did a thumbs up with Trump? Well, guess what? He's the ex-Speaker now. So, hey, you know, what's the old saying? If you don't, you don't learn history, you're doomed to repeat it. I hope it is. Because Mike Johnson, Moses Mike, is full of shit. He had to go down there and kiss Daddy's ring. So there you go. So Trump, I love the picture, too. You see how Trump dressed up? You know, between rounds of golf to meet the Speaker of the House. <laughs> you know, I literally joined the Army in 1983 when Ronald Reagan was a president. You know, during the Cold War, we were pushing back against the Soviet Union. You know, the first 10 years of my military career were all spent studying. My first tour was in, North, was in Korea, so I had to study North Korea. Then I had to study, you know, contingencies for the Fulda Gap. If anybody knows that history, if you're old like me, the Fulda Gap was where we fully expected the, the Warsaw Pact to invade Germany. So we had entire war plans based on stopping them the full of the gap man how things have changed right now they're buddies with the russians my our, our friend the liberal redneck himself trey crowder had something to say about that just this week watch this every american understood that russia or at least the russian government was our enemy right at least until the cold war was famously ended by renowned pugilist and diplomat rocky balboa that's how it was yet yeah, today you have american boomers who grew up in that era openly supporting russia all the time why which at least partly because Daddy Trump says so, of course, but it's also partly because they've identified Putin as being anti-woke, and that's kind of all that matters. Sure, Russia has long opposed the foundational precepts of our democracy, but these MAGA types see Putin over there saying things like, in Russia, we have only two genders and no black people. And they're like, say less, buddy, that's all I needed to hear. Right? That's like, Jesus Christ, nobody let these people find out how much jihadists hate the gays or else things are going to get real weird around here. Yeah, man, they love some authoritarianism and some anti-wokeness. Well, 
the good news is I've actually got Trey Crowder here to talk about it some more. So we're going to have a great conversation, have a few laughs, I imagine. Uh, also talk about some serious stuff, because if you know Trey Crowder, he's also got some podcasts where he reviews the news himself. He's not all you know, the yucks. He's a pretty serious guy. With that, you know what? I'm Fred Wellman, host of On Democracy. Let's get on with the show. Oh, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show. I still am Fred Wellman, your host, still on Democracy FP Wellman. Man, every week we say it. Every week it's true. It was another fucking crazy week. <laughs> and this week, you know, I, and the funny thing is, and, and Matt will appreciate this, you guys know there was a run of like six weeks where I didn't change the opening bit because it was the same. And I, I did the same thing that today is that the bit this week was, uh, this week was something again. Every time I think I've seen all that I can see with Donald Trump talk, Mike, Mike Johnson kisses butt and another piece of the Republican wet dream of a Biden impeachment fall apart. I literally opened that two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago and it's still true and we're going to talk about that because you saw up front in the introductory piece about the fact the russia investigate the whole connection to burisma is falling through and, and and yet the republicans won't let through jim jordan is just on tv saying oh no it's still true it's not true and you saw that bit from trey crowder trey crowder's freaking here i'm so happy to trade crowder first gained international attention in 2016 for his hugely viral series of liberal redneck comedic porch rant videos since then trey's written a best-selling book the little liberal redneck manifesto dragging dixie out of the dark touring hosting podcast like three right trey mm -hmm. <laughs> you are a machine my man welcome 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 to the Hi. show man Oh, I, what's up, Fred? Glad to be here. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Well, I missed you in St. Louis. I'm sorry about that. It was a uh, pre-Valentine's right. Day weekend. And uh, yeah. as much as I like you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. know, it makes a good date night. <laughs> it would have been. Yeah. Usually it's a lot of time. That's typically the only way conservatives end up at my shows is they've been drugged there by their liberal spouse. You know what I mean? And typically those people, they're the one they'll be like, you know, I don't agree with anything you said, but you are pretty funny. You're though. funny. And that's like, that's the best, yeah. that's the best compliment I can hope for. I love from, it. From we, saw, we saw Brent Terhune here, you know, and he was, you know, Oh, that's yeah. my buddy. I, I love, love Brent. Me, and him, me and him go back. And he's the damn nicest guy too. That's the oh, thing he's such Brent. a sweetheart. Isn't he a nice gonna, guy. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be in uh, his stomping grounds, Indianapolis. I'm going to be there on tour next week week he's probably also going to be on the road but yeah. if he's not i'm going to make sure that he comes by so if you're in indy i, I ain't even talked to brent if brent's in town if you're in indy come see me in indy there you go. but if you like brent too if he's in town i'm going to make him come and <laughs> do some jokes on those he shows also so if funny. i can get him i can't imagine the two of you together you know <laughs> you know we opened the bit with your la your latest video about this russia stuff and you, and you said it mm -hmm. best it's like well it's all that anti-wokeness you know you know and it just keeps going going man i mean your your video goes for a while there but i don't know if you saw it and and, and of course the shenanigans with tucker being over yeah. there, the grocery store excursion. I mean, what the hell is going on with this stuff, man? I mean, does it make any sense to you at all? No, I mean, I don't know. Yes and no. No, because <laughs> it's like I always – I call them the papaws. I, people get mad at me because I have plenty of, like, boomer fans and stuff. They're like, hey, I'm a liberal and I'm, you know, yeah. I'm older and whatnot. And it's like, I know, I don't – I mean, just the royal pap. I don't mean you. You know what I mean? You know the type of papaws I'm talking about. Yes, you do. Yeah. But anyway – like your more stereotypical boomers and stuff for people that like grew up in in school being drilled on how to, you know, yeah. survive a nuclear holocaust, which obviously was never going to work. But, yeah. you know, that was like they had drilled I into whatever. Like, Ivan might drop the bomb at any minute. They're an existential threat. They want to kill us all. And that was like ingrained in the culture for decades and decades. 
And then these same people today wear shirts that say like, I'd rather be a, you know, Russian than a Democrat or whatever. And right. it, I do think it's anti-wokeness thing, but I think it also started for them just when they got the impression that like, you know, Trump and Putin were boys and they were sort of, they had some kind of thing going on. Cause yeah. you know, they got this cultish slavish devotion to Trump and anything, anybody that's, Anybody that's on their side and aligned against the, uh, you know, us commies on the, you know, yeah. we're the commies, but the commies are the good guys now, except unless if they mean the liberal type of commie, but the, you know what I mean? It's also left is right up is down. It makes no sense. And Tucker belying that he hasn't taken very many stateside grocery shopping trips, you know what I mean? <laughs> By being just amazed at the concept of that, like, cart return yeah. coin slot thing or whatever it's yeah. like you all we got aldi's here and they've been doing that for as long as i can remember you yeah. know so yeah like 30 years you know it's just it just gives it's such a giveaway anyway the punchline too man is that's a french grocery store chain <laughs> it's not even a russian he's like oh look at this rate it's like that's literally a french french grocery store that he was in it's not even an actual russian you know and the money he's it's spent, like they you know, can't help but just step in it you know what i mean because you know they don't you know they ain't down with france <laughs> of all the countries <laughs> you know what i mean like that's got to be some egg on their face right there remember they remember freedom fries and all that oh, yeah. french, france is like the, you know the gayest europeanist of all the european countries you know they definitely ain't, ain't on the french side it's all very confusing to keep track of well you know he was flying back when it's not funny but navalny was killed and, yeah. and, and, you know, he, so Putin, Putin didn't even let him get out of the country basically before he dropped the bomb on him, you know, and, and I think Tucker issued like a, a one sentence statement, the exact same one to all the news outlets saying, of course, it's horrible. It's terrible. It, it, you know, and I haven't seen shit from him since. Uh, I, I don't Do you think he feels shame? I'm not sure if people like that feel shame at all. No, I think they're <laughs> like, uh, you know, medically incapable of feeling shame. They're also completely immune to irony as a general rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. Has no effect on them. But yeah, you know, right, like right before that happened with Navalny, Tucker was giving some interview and got asked about Putin and yeah. his tactics and all that. And he said something like, you know, well, if you're a leader, you got to kill people. Yep. That's just how it goes. Right. He's, you know. And then when Putin kills a guy for, you know, being, having, you know, showing dissent against him or whatever, then he's got to be like, well, of course, I didn't mean like that. Of course, that's bad just because it's a real thing that really happened that people are really talking about. So now I have to show some semblance of, you yeah. know, humanity. Yeah. But when he was just talking in the abstract, he's like, ah, you, yeah, you throw some people out of windows, you poison some here and there. What are you going to do? It's all, you know, all part of the job description. So, yeah, he's. Yeah, obviously and, full of it. And the timing was just, you know, freakishly, you know, recent. You know, I mean, it just it can't it can't be enough. It's literally got to be Putin as a, show, a way of showing himself. And that's what he does. I mean, you can't you can't put it past these guys. And then they continue doing this. And like I said, we opened it with the discussion, the fact that this whole Biden impeachment thing with the Burisma thing, this guy is a freaking Russian agent. I mean, he, he literally is a Russian <laughs> agent. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, like I said, man, I can't help but step in it no. every time. It's no. like. You know, you start, you watch them talk with, you know, as much conviction as they can muster on that subject for weeks and weeks. And it's like anything they ever brought up, it'd be like, we got a real bombshell for you. Everybody sit down. You're not ready for this. Joe Biden once sort of helped his son buy a truck and then later got paid back for it or whatever. And everybody's yeah. like, that was the whole thing. You know, so it was yeah. always like kind of a comedy of errors the whole way. But this is definitely the cherry on top. This coming out that they're like. You know, their deep throat for this case is actually a Russian, you know, yeah. intelligence agent or whatever the deal is. And they're still there. You know, they're still trying. To act like, well, that doesn't change anything. It's like it kind of changes. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. 
love it. My yeah. tangent. At least alters the context a little bit, don't you think? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I had a guest on here a few months ago, great guy, Dennis Aftergut. He's a former federal prosecutor. And one of my favorite clips of the show, it's actually, it was our first show on the Modest Touch Network, I think, Matt, wasn't it? It was like our first show on the Modest Touch Network. And Dennis said, I run the clip all the time because I turned it into a GIF because he's like, you have to understand, Fred, Jim Jordan's uh, Jim Jordan's entire thing is faceplant. <laughs> you know, it's all that Jim Jordan gets yeah. all he can do is faceplant. It, it, it's it's, his, it's right. his number one tech, you know, skill is faceplanting. And, and, you know, it's just, that's all he does. You know, it's, I mean, that, so it makes sense. He's one of the like most well-known or recognizable faces of the modern day GOP. Because again, that's sort of like a party platform at this point is <laughs> face planning. That's sort of their whole thing. So the fact that he excels at that makes him actually overqualified for his position, uh, you know, within that particular party. But yeah, I mean, he's never accomplished any actual thing, which yeah. again, you know, in modern day Congress is like, you know, puts him high up in the ranks, I guess, because they're not known for doing much over there, but yeah. Yeah, he's well, a particularly the, egregious case. Yeah, the goal is always to get on TV. I mean, honestly, they do stuff. Right. And 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 we had uh, a Julie Jessica on the show the other day. She does the Fox. She watches Fox News all the time, and she says, "Look, that is the plan. It's 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 a it's a step by step process. You say something outrageous, you know, in yeah. a hearing, you get a clip of it. You're on Hannity that night or Ingram that night talking about it. It is just literally one for one, and they raise money. I know from I'm a political consultant in my other job, and. Uh, I tell you, you know, a major news hit, a cable news hit, you know, you'll raise thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars without blinking an eye. That's why they're doing it. I mean, it is it's a one for one exchange for money into their campaign coffers. Uh and, and it just So it, what how what is that? But like since you brought it up now, I'm yeah. curious. I'm interested since you do <laughs> sure. that in your, your day job or your other job, yeah. however you want to put it. Yeah. What so how does that actually function though? Do they they get a, a hit, they you know, get a a clip out there that's making mm -hmm. some noise, and then they pick up the phone to people that they know oh, they get they money just, from, people, or the people with people the money hit them see up, that. Man. They, they go right like, to the website. Yeah, just, they go. Yeah, right. Just because, right? It just raises their profile, and then the people with are like, "Oh, I should give them some more money." That's right. That's right. They exist and are crazy, and therefore. I need to go open up the checkbook again. So it really is that simple, huh? There you have it. Yeah, it really is that simple. It's 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 shockingly yep. ridiculously easy, you know. And and they'll send an email out. What they'll do is they'll send an email out to their million person email list with a clip right. of the show, and they'll raise money off. It. It, it's 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 literally just a money machine. You know, that's that's the whole system. Uh, and and when you realize that, when it, that's the the dirty secret of being in politics is when you realize that, and it's not comfortable for you. Yeah. when You do it for a living. Well, even just <laughs> you know, even just like, when I first started having any kind of contact with yeah. politicians or would-be politicians through doing this. I do, I'll do do a fundraiser for a Democrat or something here and there, that type mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And I, it was naive, but I never had really looked into it. But I remember when I had the realization, it's like, oh, my God, like 80, 90% of that job is just asking people for money or like trying to get money, you know what I mean? And like that, I never had any real interest in pursuing that anyway. But as soon as I found that out, I was like, no, because I have a yeah. like, I have a, very, very hard stance, uh, aversion against asking people for, for for anything, really, for some reason. I think it's I the, the same problem. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I looked at running for a while. I, I actually ran for Peach DG. I ran for mayor of Peachtree City, Georgia, outside of Atlanta. <laughs> and uh, back in uh, 1990 or 2001, obviously, there was right before 9 11 dropped me out. I, I was running for mayor of Peachtree City and I got mobilized in the Army on Jan on September Country. 11th. Yeah. So, yeah. So I got, I got, I got the hook. They threw a war and invited all my friends. But you're right. It is dialing for dollars. It's, it, and you have to because that's the only way you can compete. And, and it's the hardest thing for most candidates the idea of having, especially a first time candidate, you know, having just dial 
hell for dollars to call time they call it just it's uncomfortable as hell and, and that's the system unfortunately because yeah. honestly if you don't have the money you don't you don't win i mean i do a thing called forgotten democrats which i think you did a blue tennessee event which is mm-hmm. our state that's one of our state level so we do blue missouri blue, so on the federal right. level and that's oh, it. Okay. it is so, so many so many of these candidates don't raise the money i mean you know if it, they figured out somebody did a scientific study believe it or not boy this is totally different than we scripted i think matt <laughs> but they did a study and they showed that it's essentially for a house district for a congress district you need like 33 cents per voter anyway it adds up to about two hundred thousand dollars to run a campaign that is competitive in a house district for the congress the candidate candidates got to raise by two hundred thousand dollars that means they can hire staff they can buy signs they can do mailers you know they can do you know commercials all those things and uh last cycle 2022 i think 126 democratic nominees for congress never raised two hundred thousand dollars so they never met right. that threshold. And that's and that's why you get this cycle. These incumbents stay. They have no competition. You know, they don't even go, they don't well, have to go a, home. It becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy sort of, doesn't it? It's like a vicious yeah. cycle. Like the, right. the, those uh, candidate, Democratic candidates in those particular races or in those areas are often written off as being lost causes. So no resources are put towards them. But because no resources are put towards them, that effectively guarantees that it'll be a lost cause. So there you go. Yeah. Things don't change. And we yeah, see it a lot of partners. And you see it in Tennessee. That's why you got to say. And look, I was going to oh, go yeah. right. You know, you're from Tennessee. You know, I spent yep. seven, seven years of my life there as well as Alabama, Georgia. It's like the entire South has lost their damn minds. You know, I mean, what happened to that yeah. beautiful state? You know, I mean, I don't know if you saw it. They blocked a resolution honoring Allison Russell for winning the Grammy. Who's a black folk artist, for those who don't know who she is. But they passed the part. It was, by the way, in the same one. They passed one to honor Paramore, which, of course, as you may because the lead singer yeah. of Paramore is from Tennessee. To God yep, bless yep. her. She said, F, you don't want your damn honor. <laughs> but it, it's almost like they're not even bothering to pretend anymore, right? It, it's, the, you know, that. Oh, well, I mean, that's the thing. Yes, yeah, like what what's going on with the South and everything. That's why does somebody obviously grow? I don't know if y'all can tell. I'm a Southerner. Grew yeah, up in the I, South. I get that. I, I yeah. live, in, <laughs> live. I live in Southern California now, but I'm from deep rural Tennessee, and like, you know, it it was no progressive utopia growing up, but it really does feel like I used to argue all the time with people. I'd be like, "Look, man, I know we got problems here. We still do, but like, compare." Like my hometown now, I'm saying I would say this like when I was a teenager in my 20s. I'd be like, compare this town now to when like my grandpa was growing up here or my dad or whatever in terms of race or any of that stuff or or homophobia or you name it. You know, like I have an openly gay uncle who had a successful business in the town square. It was like two other openly gay business owners in town. Nobody was throwing bricks through the windows and stuff. I was like, it's getting better. Things yeah. are getting better. And I used to genuinely believe that. And then right before the dawn of the Trump era, we had a Republican governor, uh, Bill Haslam. He was a Republican, but like he was the old type of like not fully insane Republican. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He was like, you're, you know, your yep. daddy's Republicans or whatever. It's all about fiscal stuff. Just like, a, you know, yeah, sort of an empty suit, but didn't yeah. openly hate people. It was all about fiscal things or whatnot. And it, with that Republican governor of Tennessee became at the time, the first state to make a community college free for its yeah. res- for Tennesseans, right? And yeah. that was a big, big news story at the time. And it's like things like that would happen periodically where I could be like proud, right, of Tennessee. I can't even remember what that feels like because yeah. it's like every Southerner knows the defining dichotomy of being from the South is is the balance of pride and shame that we all like carry with us everywhere. That's like that's what what defines us at our core. And yeah. it's been way heavily weighted towards the shame end of the spectrum for me for the past little bit. Cause for the first time in my life, it's like it really does seem like it's 
getting worse. Like when I was younger, I didn't think that that was possible. I thought that ultimately from a high enough perspective, we only move in one direction forward. You know, we only progress, uh, you know, Yeah. but it feels like we're backsliding for the first time in my life in this recent era. And it's, uh, it's upsetting. I mean, you know, to say another, you mentioned these other things Tennessee's done, but I mean, hell this week on top of all that, they're trying to make it illegal to buy a cold beer at a gas station. It's like, <laughs> what is this? It's like I'm I'm the, the liberal outcast, and I'm like, I thought this was America. What happened to freedom? What happened to small government? You know what I mean? You tell me a hardworking, red-blooded, taxpaying American man can't buy a cold beer after his job? What's going on in this damn country? Country's going to hell, but it's conservative Christians yeah. doing things like that, and it's just – the whole thing, man, it's confounding and yeah. upsetting. And has nothing to do, like we said, that, that, that and that was the split. I actually took classes at grad school from some famous Republican. David Gergen taught a class at my, at my grad school and about the what is the Republican Party. That you know that strange. This is 2006. You had the strange. You had the social conservatives. You had the Christian nationalists. You had the defense hawks. I'm a defense hawk. That's the biggest reason I was Republican as long as I was as a military guy, and I believed in a strong defense, foolishly that I was. And and then you had and then you had these like you said these are small government types, and all a lot of those have just peeled it away. And now it's all about social conservatives. It's all about mm-hmm. it's about the culture. Everybody calls it the culture war, but you're seeing that writ large. That's a perfect example. The idea of banning cold beer so people will drink less. Is is has nothing to do with small government, you're right? And and but they still they Dude. still pretend to be small government, right? right? It's like actual alcoholics will drink hand sanitizer and yeah. stuff. Like you think they won't drink a warm beer? You right. know what I'm saying? Like you, like like thinking that you take the beer out of the refrigerator is going to keep Otis back if he really wants to get drunk <laughs> on a Sunday or whatnot. Like no, he'll drink it warm. You know exactly. Not going to do anything. I well, used to work with a redneck at the Clay County Highway Department. Who preferred his beer, not just warm, but hot. He'd buy a six pack of cold beer and put it on the top of his bush hog in the middle of July and like heat it up and then drink it, you know, while working for the county in the middle of the day. But anyway, yeah. that's a whole other story. A different time. time. Well, you know, it's the same yeah. thing as like, hey, uh, here's my iPhone, but we need to ban these dirty books so kids don't see them. And, and they're giving, you know, like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's on here, right? <laughs> you know, that you know what you know what's on here, right? <laughs> the, the banning the books, the like yeah. trying to ban sex education and stuff, or like the whole idea of absence only education. It's like you think that's gonna stop hormonal teenagers right. from doing nasty stuff. Like that's yeah. just what teenagers do. I know it's uncomfortable for all of us, but we can remember what it was like. They're <laughs> They're not, they're hormone monsters. That's what they are, dude. Like, dude, it's, could... that's not going to do anything. And all it's going to do is make it worse by, you know, removing any aptitude they might have for how to responsibly handle the situation. Right. But, you, you know, know you can't I grew up them. here. I grew up here in St. Louis. And, and if you know that St. Louis, uh, by the way, Midwest, as I say, and probably you mentioned about the South of shame and, and pride. And, and, uh, and this is like Catholic school central, by the way. I mean, it, it, you can't swing a dead yeah. cat in St. Louis. I hit in a Catholic school. Right. And and I, I went to public school because that's, you know, we, we we didn't have that kind of money. And uh, and and honestly, those are the, you know, the, the worst, the most drunken, the most crazy, you know, freaky kids all went to those Catholic schools, you know, and, and participated in that. What was it? FCA, Christian athletes, you know, Fellow Chris Adley, like, that was where he met the tot chicks. <laughs> you of know course. what I mean? It was like, it's just it's just delusional, nope. man. They forgot. Repression, repression is a hell of a drug, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everybody knows, like, 
PKs, preachers' kids, yeah, you know, being kind of lunatics in a lot of ways. There's a lot of stereotypes about you know the infamous poop hole loophole, right? You know, <laughs> you know that one. Sure, you know that one. That's where the I have no idea. Have to maintain their virginity. You know, you know. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the poop hole. And then the Mormons, which is like advanced Jesus, obviously, like they take that concept even further. They got even wilder loopholes out there. But yeah. <laughs> oh, some of those stories coming out of the Mormon schools are so freaky. The yeah, I, we can't even probably talk about the Maya such that without. Get, mm. Like YouTube's going to demonetize if we get too far. You know what? That's a great place to take a sponsor break. <laughs> so <laughs> we got we got great sponsors. As always, let's hear from our sponsors. The older I get, the more I find myself wanting to be more intentional about the way I live, eat, and take care of my body. Mosh is a company founded by Maria Shriver and her son Patrick Schwarzenegger with a simple mission to create a conversation about brain health through food, education, and research. Now, Maria's father suffered from Alzheimer's, and since then, she and Patrick have dedicated themselves to finding ways to help other families dealing with this debilitating disease. Mosh joined forces with the world's top scientists and functional nutritionists to go beyond your average protein bar. With six delicious flavors, each Mosh bar has 12 grams of protein and is made with the ingredients to support brain health, like ashwagandha, lion's mane, collagen, and omega-3s. You know, they also have a line of plant-based protein bars that come in three delicious flavors of their own. But here's the best part to make you feel good about this company. Mosh donates a portion of all proceeds from your order to fund gender-based brain health research through the women's Alzheimer's movement. Now, why gender-based? Two-thirds of all Alzheimer's patients are women. Mosh is working closely to close the gap between women and men's health research. So, you know, Mosh bars are truly delicious. I have a Mosh bar every morning before my walk. It's a perfect way to kickstart my day. My favorite mosh bar is the peanut butter crunch. It's incredible. Now, if you want to find ways to give back to others and fuel your body and your brain, mosh bar is the perfect choice for you. Now, head to moshlife.com slash Fred. You'll save 20% off plus free shipping in your first six-count trial pack. That's 20% off plus free shipping in your first six-count trial pack at M-O-S-H-L-I-F-E dot com slash Fred. Thank you, Mosh, for all you do, and thank you for sponsoring this episode. Heart health and staying healthy, especially when you have family, friends, or loved ones that you want to be able to spend as much time with as possible, is so important. You know, February is Heart Health Month in the United States, and more than half the population would still benefit from blood pressure support. Super Beats Heart Choose, the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommend a way to support healthy blood pressure, and they even promote Heart-healthy energy without the stimulants. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in Superbeats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And with over 40,000 five-star reviews and counting, people are raving about Superbeats heart shoes. Superbeats heart shoes are absolutely delicious and are truly much better than any alternative supplements out there. I take my Superbeats hard shoes each morning and it's really helped me kickstart my day. And after taking my Superbeats hard shoes, I feel like I have more energy and I'm ready to take on the day. Superbeats hard shoes support healthy circulation. So you not only get blood pressure support, you also get productive heart healthy energy without the crash. So support your heart health with Superbeats hard shoes. Get a free monthly supply of Superbeats hard shoes on all bundles and a free full-sized bag of turmeric chews valued at $25 with your order by going to our spot, democracybeats.com. Get this exclusive offer only at 
democracybeats.com. That's democracybets.com. Check it out. I swear by them. All right. Well, good. Well, we're cooling things off, man. Yeah, it is. It is nuts, you know, and that's before we talk, you know, we were talking about Tennessee. I didn't even get to Tim Burchett, but we're going to leave that by the side. Uh, I talked about Tim Burchett last week because, you know, if you know him, the Tennessee congressman, mm-hmm. he's the one that said yeah. the shooter was an illegal alien and uh, right. he's for sure getting sued on that one, I think, yep. uh, you know, so, you know, the other thing we've got and, and going back to the South is, you know, over next door in Alabama, the Supreme Court just ruled that frozen, frozen embryos are children or, <laughs> and quoted the bible right. and the ruling and and i've been reading yeah. articles ever since people are freaking out because the, the what this means is scary i think you know yeah he's like the chief justice of the alabama supreme court right right talking about exalting the glory of god and you yeah. know everything is created in his image and stuff in his like official judicial opinion i mean dude that's like i guess i shouldn't be surprised from it having or by it having grown up in the bible belt but i'd find that very alarming and then the whole like frozen embryos being people thing it's basically just going to kill ivf as a as a legitimate you know option down there at least the implications of it will if they follow it through and all that's going to do is like hurt you know the most responsible prepared people for parenthood right the people that have like because typically obviously painting with a broad brush here but typically people that are doing that are people that have like waited longer or, or you know that type of thing and uh which means also usually again more stability more money they're better equipped yeah. they're ready and willing and desiring of having a child and you know it's going to take them out of the game and leave nothing but you know the teenage trailer babies and stuff my people and we already <laughs> procreate at a very high rate anyway we don't need any more help but i'm saying it's almost like that's what alabama wants is just to further yeah. just to fill it up uh, as oh. much as possible with more, you know, um, labor. I mean, that's awesome. Educated. They've said that, you know, they, yeah, the, right. the labor pool. One of the things you'll love this here in Missouri, in, in, in so they're trying to get what we call it a, a petition on the on, about to change that we can do that. We have that initiative petition thing here in Missouri where when enough people sign up and get something on the ballot and you can vote for it and allegedly will change the law, but that's a whole nother story. However, there's one about a, a reproductive freedom going on right now. And the, the state, uh, I want to say the AG and the treasurer tried to say, that um, it would cost, what was the number, Matt? It was some outrageous number, billions of dollars. And when the judge is like, what do you mean it's going to cost this money? It's just an initiative petition. They said, no, you understand is if we allow abortion, it's going to lower the workforce, the future workforce. And they ran a Mm. number that how many babies get aborted are future cheap labor. And they actually ran a number saying that abortion is going to cost the state a tax base. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which yeah. which really shows the goal, right? I mean, it kind of oh, yeah. they're kind of showing their colors on that one, you know. But they literally put that in a court case filing, saying, right. "Oh no, it's future labor we're losing because they're you know these well, babies." I mean, it is kind of emblematic. I feel like of uh, what's going on there in a larger sense because a lot of that culture war stuff you mentioned earlier that is mostly what they talk about. A lot of that is ultimately just kind of like a, a smoke screen that that you know hides the. The only thing they really care about, generally speaking, except for like the like the boogity boogity true believers, you know, yeah. some of them which are out there, mostly they just care about you know money, profit. They're you know oligarch puppet masters and that right. type of thing, and it's all about capitalism and the bottom line and and all of that. And the, a lot of the culture war stuff is just a convenient way to get the papals to the polls to <laughs> vote against their own economic 
self-interest well, that's a lot it. of times. I mean, it really is truly that. I mean, in the end, this was a call. And, you know, and, and back to the IVF topic, uh, I saw a, 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 a OBGYN doctor did a bit, and she said 15, now, right now, it's estimated that 15% of couples mm -hmm. need that kind of help. And I have personal right. experience in it, not personally is needing it, because my ex-wife and I were really good at making babies. <laughs> but um, I was involved in an effort by the Wounded Warrior Project in 2016 to try and get the VA to allow IVF, because believe it or not, there was a, the, the anti-abortion movement had put a little thing in the law in the 90s saying that VA could not offer any kind of reproductive health care or reproductive assistance through IVF or other means to help wounded uh, veterans get help. And, and it created a situation during the war on terror where if a soldier got or a service member got blown up or hurt, and so the way it works is when you're at Walter Reed, you're still in the army. But when you leave Walter Reed, you're transferred over to slash TRICARE slash VA. And they were telling young soldiers that if you want to have kids, you should do it now while you're in Walter Reed. You could because the DOD allowed IVF treatment, uh, but the VA didn't by law. Right. <laughs> so so here's the kid recovering from losing both his legs, maybe, or his mobility. We had one young man at work with who had gotten hit by a sniper, was paralyzed from the neck down. Um, yeah. Oh, you should have kids too. <laughs> you know what I mean? A 23 year old wife. Right. You know, and so we fought it. And in the end, we ended up getting the law changed. But every year, the same people who oppose it try to defund it. It's legal now. But what they do is they work with the anti-abortion guys in Congress to defund the actual program so they can't actually get it. It's just because they always because it all comes down to embryos that aren't used are aborted. Right. Exactly. It's That's just, right. It's not that they have a problem with. No. The the whatever when the process goes successfully the ones right. that, the embryos that are implanted and carried the term obviously they love right. that it's a beautiful beautiful little miracle baby or whatever right uh but yeah but with the way the process works you inevitably have all these other embryos that then don't get used and then right and that or don't take. murder to them yeah. when they are disposed of which is of course ridiculous also that very typical of the va that story you just told from <laughs> what i've heard anecdotally yeah so it's, speaking of irony it's they fought kind of it. i mean to their credit we had their backing on it they fought they fought it with us interesting enough right. what we did to succeed with that was that same young man i mentioned to you who's paralyzed from his neck down we met with a congresswoman from alabama who said she was the number one veteran supporting congresswoman and, and my wonderful couple that we brought up there to lobby totally she goes if you know you support you say you support veterans but literally part of my recovery for being shot in combat is having children having a happy family having a real family and this couple you'll this is a shit story this young couple got a free home from one of the veterans groups i think purple heart homes gave them a free home that was mobile accessible for him with his wheelchairs and they had to take out a mortgage on their free home so they could get money to pay for ivf treatment in the civilian market yep Ain't that America? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? It's one of those stories, man. We all hear stories like that all the time and get like sort of numbed. I mean, plenty of us still hear it like, damn, that ain't right or whatever. But yep. we're so used to hearing stories like that. But I feel like people from other countries and stuff yeah. will hear stories like that. And they're like, that's the craziest shit I've ever heard, you know, in my life. I don't know about how IVF works in other countries. I just know any kind of medical situation. Like there's people, Americans have all these memes and stuff about like yeah. refusing to call an ambulance. Just, you know what I mean? I'll take an Uber to the hospital because who can afford an, that type of shit? And yep. people in every other Western democracy on earth, they're like, what the fuck is going on over there? You got to pay for ambulance rides? You know, like people, we just... We we become like desensitized to how 
yeah. not cool the whole thing. The whole <laughs> thing is. is. Yeah. And if you experience, I'm sure you've traveled, you know, you go overseas and I, I was in the Azores of all places like four years ago for a vacation and I had a vertigo attack. Sometimes I get vertigo. And so apparently it's another thing. Great veteran life is great. <laughs> anyway, so I had an attack of vertigo and my then wife drove me to the hospital and we were super nervous, man. You, you roll up to a Portuguese hospital. I don't know what's going on. We go right. in. It's packed. It's crazy. It's a little ding, dingy, not going to lie. We finally get back quickly. We get back and oh my God. I mean, everybody was brilliant. The doctors, the nurses were all shockingly attractive too, which is a whole nother story. <laughs> but yeah. like my, my ex-wife and I looked at her, I was like, is it me or <laughs> it was like a, it was like a soap opera. Everybody was so, <laughs> but they're yeah. brilliant and they did a great job. They, man, they gave me a CT. They gave me a heart attack chat. They gave me a stroke skit. All these things, several, every check you can imagine. I ended up getting, and all I needed was an IV, an anti-nausea IV and, and some other stuff. Gave me some food, got me out. So we go to the front desk to check out. We go to check out, man, and we're like clenching our jaws because we're like, how much mm. is this going to cost? It was 180 euros. Right. Yeah. See? Yeah. Crazy. And the, yeah. And the lady's like, do Except you want a receipt? Crazy. Yeah. She's like, do you want a receipt so you can file for insurance and you get back to America? And we're like, right. no point. Because <laughs> yeah. that doesn't even break my threshold, no. you know? Like that's, yeah, that's too aspirin for a hospital, <laughs> it is. hospital visit literally. in America. You know, literally. like literally. Yeah. Right. Literally. Yeah. It's crazy. It's yeah. absolutely out of control and has been for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, things are crazy right now. Last thing I want to hit you about, you know, again, one more Southern thing, South Carolina, our friend Nikki Haley has suddenly just developed a spine. I mean, do you ever watch all this? You know, she's she's really going at it now. And, and did you see her clever little trick this week where she had a press conference and made it sound like she was dropping out? So Fox right. carried it live, which Tricked everybody into what? Yeah, right. Pretty slick. It. I mean, I'm not a fan because yeah. she's still the same old person she always was. But you got to give her credit for like playing the game on them and, and doing all of it. I can't help sure. but wonder, you know? Yeah. I mean, like you said, I'm not obviously I'm not a fan of Nikki Haley no. either. But like anybody, uh, anybody on the right that is in any capacity pushing back on, you know, Trump at all and Trump's whole thing or like trying to at least take some jabs at Trump. It's like, you know, even though like Chris, Chris Christie never had a shot, but that was one thing I did appreciate about him yeah. was how, you know, he'd get some jabs in or whatever. Cause it's like, I feel like it's the only type of thing that Trump understands. And I, I don't know if, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know what the end game is in her mind. If it's like, is she just trying to stick around and be like the default one in case something goes down with him or something like that? Something That's actually happens. That's my theory. Right. Yeah. I've heard other people say that too. And I guess that does make sense. I mean, you know, why not? I feel like we're not lucky enough in the universe. Isn't like just enough for anything like that to actually happen with him. <laughs> like I fully expect him to be there uh, in November. Uh, you know, I don't think we're going to get out of it uh, that easy, but um, yeah. Yeah. My Anybody friend over there who's, talking trash to him in any capacity i'm, it's I'm great. for it right it helps you know and the funny thing my friend jeff timmer up in michigan he's for my one of my former lincoln project colleagues says it best he always says the only thing stopping trump from being the republican nominee and, and going all in november is uh, a jail cell or a coronary <laughs> you know the yeah, other, right. or exactly. that he's yes. going you know he's, he's gonna be sure. the guy you know and right you know and 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 right so maybe she's thinking maybe if one of those things comes through yeah. i don't know but the uh She's also made some good points, you know, that's like I know. I, you, you get real upset thinking about tr Trump and how well he still seems to do and how yeah. his cult is still behind him super, you know, super fervently and all that. But then, you know, she points out how some of the numbers shake out in the Republican primary. And it's like, you know, he's getting like 49 percent of the voters in New Hampshire or whatever. There's a huge chunk of Republicans who like 
are Republicans who don't want anything to do with Trump. It, you know, it seems, and that's a lot, and it should be concerning to the party at large. Yeah. And I don't care about the Republican Party at large, but when she points, it kind of makes me feel a little better trying to think about it that way. My concern with that is like, sure, but when it is him in November, how many of those people are going to, you know, yeah, line up either way? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like that's typically what they do. It doesn't mean they're going to like come to the dark side over here with all this yeah. godless heathens <laughs> or even just sit at home, which yeah. I would take at this point out of them. So that's the thing that kind of remains to be seen. But yeah, yeah, I, don't know. I guess some of them still got a brain over there. Well, you saw it in New York three. Um, I don't know if you probably, you probably, I know you've been tours. So you probably don't see it, but, but they interviewed, um, Oh people, yeah. Right. With, know, uh, with Santos's seat. Mazzy. Uh, yeah. The Mazzy Pillip, lady. Yeah. Pillip. Pillip. Yeah. Pillip and, yeah. And that's Suwa- Tom Suwazi. Suwazi, yep. which is, you know, I always got, got that wrong. Yeah. And, and it was interesting because yeah. like a number of journalists were on TV afterwards saying, we talked about last week, how um, they literally, the, the voters were telling them like, look, I'm, I'm a Republican. I vote for Trump, but I'm voting for Suwazi because these guys are fucking useless basically like they like they right. just they just you know passed on the border bill you know and they're just they're fed up so they're it, it gave me that i sometimes this is weird man you're not gonna believe this but i still have optimism this weird this weird kernel of to. optimism i know yeah. and and it's like okay so maybe some people even being involved in politics long you know four or five years now and everything else i still have, and of course as a veteran where's that come from but you know, people are seeing it. I think they're seeing the incompetence. They're seeing. I mean, look, we were going back to the beginning of our conversation. You know, going back, circling further back. What did what did Mike Johnson do when they found out the Republican? You know, that it was an informant. When they found out it was all fake. When they didn't pass a bill, they took a two week vacation. You know, they mm-hmm. they they ran from town and like like cowards. You know, it is. Uh, you know, they right. know they know they're in trouble. I think they know. But well, you know. I I mean, I used to always. <clears throat> consider myself ultimately with this type of stuff, politically and culturally and whatnot, mm-hmm. socially, ultimately an optimist. Cause like I said, I very strongly believe that at the end of the day, from a macro enough perspective, we do still move in the right direction yeah. generally. And things tend to get better for more people as we go along. Yeah. And this, this current era has really tested that philosophy <laughs> of mine more than any uh, preceding one, but at, I'd still try to be optimistic. I've got sons, I've got school age sons and whatnot. So it'd be hard for me to sleep at night if I didn't muster some semblance of hope. So I mean, no, I'm there. I'm with you uh, on that. But um, I mean, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, they say, may you live in interesting times. It's an old curse, right? Yeah. Well, that's what we're. That's what we're all doing. I like it to be less interesting. Well, with that, my, my good friend, I'm going to let you go. I know you're, you're, you got a lot going on. You got boys and everything else, um, but I can't let you go without saying, where in the world are you going next? And how's that going? And and how goes yeah. the tour? How long is it going? I, you could, you just announced more dates, didn't you? Yeah, I'm kind of. You know, a lot of comedians are like that. It was not really like a band. Some comics are, but it's. Not, I don't like put together one big multi-week yeah. tour and then and then I'm off the road for a while. I'm kind of just perpetually. on tour sort of every weekend or every other weekend but i come back home in between so next weekend like i said earlier i'll be at helium in indianapolis gonna try to get brent terhune to come out if he's in town he may be on the road himself and i'm gonna get the dc improv coming up in winchester virginia and then i got like some southern california dates in the near future and pittsburgh and a bunch of other places so you can find all that at treycrowder.com you can also find links to the books and whatnot you mentioned at treycrowder.com so it's t-r-a-e crowder.com that's also how you can follow me on your preferred social media platform. Just look up Trey Crowder and 
check yep. the stuff out. We'll put it up. We'll put it up on the on the show. If you're watching, we'll put it in the show notes. People can find you. I uh, really appreciate you, man. Keep it up. Keep up. Keep making us laugh. Keep hanging in there. Stay optimistic. <laughs> you know. I'm gonna try. Yeah, man. It, it doesn't. It isn't easy from where we're from right now, but uh, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So appreciate you, man. Thanks for your right on. Us. All right, brother. Yeah, good to be here. Thank See you, you soon. Cheers. Man, what a great conversation. I, I loved as I was getting ready for the show. You know, I knew Trey from just his shorts on YouTube and Instagram. He's freaking hilarious. But then I watched his podcast and I recommend you do uh, go to TreyCrowd.com. You can see links to all of his podcasts. He's got two or three. He's freaking crazy smart, too. <laughs> you know, I know you expected a bunch of bits. He's a smart guy. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. I, I love that conversation. I, I love having guys like him on the show. Uh, so definitely check him out. TreyCrowd.com. You definitely want to check it out. In the meantime, uh, you know, things are still crazy. Uh, for those who've asked, a number of people had asked. I had a little tantrum on threads yesterday. Um, um, the, 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 the Mike Flynn lawsuit, which you've heard of about here on the show continues. Uh, his lawyers were supposed to have an answer to our motion for dismissal by this week. They instead filed an extension uh, for a full month. Um, we agreed to it for reasons. Uh, the judge agreed to it. So they now to have have till March 27th to file their response to our motion to dismiss. A motion to dismiss a lawsuit where they're asking for $150 million for one tweet. One. And they've asked to continue trying to fight this. We're going to continue fighting. Unfortunately, the longer they drag it out, the more it costs me, even with pro bono attorneys. Thank God for my pro bono attorneys, Mark Zayed, Brad Moss. Uh, but there's still expenses. They're still spending money on researchers and paralegals and travel. We're probably going to have to fly to Florida. If it goes to depositions, we're going to have to start really flying out and bringing in experts. And it gets expensive fast, even when your lawyers are incredible and doing it for free. So I would be eternally forever grateful if you would be so kind as to consider donating to our legal defense fund, I hate begging for money. It's it's not a comfortable feeling for anybody like me, I'm an old soldier. Uh, but the fact is, I'm not sitting on a pile of gold. Uh, as much as I love you guys, you know, I'm not I'm not a rich man. Uh, but here I am. So if you be kind enough to consider donating to our, our legal defense fund, you can find links to it in all my pinned tweets and all my social media profiles. FP Wellman on Twitter, FP One Official on Threads and Instagram. Also, uh, I think we could put it in the the bio if you like put it up on the screen here uh, the link i can send it to you it's it's long but we're gonna you know defend against maga lawsuits on gofundme i know everybody's mad at gofundme for for reasons but having said that i i put that aside i could use the help and uh it's it's not a comfortable thing to ask for but i'd be forever forever grateful if you would consider anything to help us fight back against this outrageous outrageous behavior from the MAGA side of things who have sued multiple people who have dared speak up. And with that, I'm not going to waste your time. Great show. Great conversation. Come here every week. we got a new feature coming out. So I'm really excited. We're announcing it tonight. We're going to have a new set of videos coming out. We're going to start doing, I call hot talks with candidates for office. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing Colin Allred next week. I've got my friend Ryan Busey from uh, Montana who's running for governor. We've got a number of other famous people like Eugene Vindman, probably Harry Dunn, my friend. We're going to do these shorter videos, maybe 10, 15 minutes uh, with these incredible people running for office to represent us, let you get to know them a little bit better. Uh, so those will be rolling out this week. So keep your eye out for those on Midas Touch and right on the On Democracy podcast YouTube channel as well. We're going to put them on there too. They'll start this week. So I'm so excited. It's election year, man. We're in the fight. Stay in there. I tell you every week, don't give up hope. 
Don't let them beat us down. I have my moments, y'all. If you follow me on Substack, I've been kind of quiet for a week because I had a moment. I admit it. But we're back in the fight. We will keep on fighting for this nation, for this democracy. You can do it too. Sign up to fight. Sign up with your local Democratic candidate. Sign up for a petition initiative. Here in Missouri right now, we're trying to get signatures to put reproductive freedom on the ballot next November. Those things matter. They're things you can do. You can do it. Just have faith. We will keep this country free from the authoritarians who want to take over. I'm Fred Wellman right here on the Midas Touch Network and on Democracy Pod. Hope we'll see you next week.